This morning we start a new sermon series, Jesus Christ, Our Foundation. If you didn't manage to receive a copy of the notes as you came in, all you have to do is raise your hands, wave at us, and we will make sure that you get a copy of those notes. Please take them home. You will discover that they are just almost only Bible verses. So you can take it home, you can read it, you can meditate, you can pray, you can let the Holy Spirit keep speaking into your heart the words of life that God himself is speaking to us today as we start to discover what it means that Jesus Christ is our foundation. There is a verse in 1 Corinthians, it's in chapter 3, verse 11, and this is how the Amplified Translation puts it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. If you take the time to open your Bibles and you read the verses around that text, you'll discover that there was a little bit of um, discussion that was taking place amongst the, the believers, the Christians, in the churches in this place called Corinth. They, they were not in full agreement with one another. Now, don't go thinking that they were in disunity, because agreement is not what unites us. Christ is. But what they were disagreeing over was this. Some were saying, you know what, I'm, I'm one of Paul's followers. And others were saying, well, actually, I, I'm following Apollos, who was another uh, disciple of Jesus Christ, another apostle. And, and there, was, there was this disagreement that was beginning to form in their conversations. And it was just ignorance. It was because... They were brand new Christians. And you know, as a church here at the nations, our hearts are after the nature of God and our hearts are big enough to embrace when people are just young, growing up Christians. And not everybody has to get it right first time. And sometimes we have discussions and strong discussions and maybe even disagreements about what we believe the Bible is saying or God is doing. Listen, that's okay. As long as our hearts stay united in Christ. So often and so sadly, people disunite because they fight to be right instead of fighting to be one. And so Paul had to help them. Paul had to to open up before them this, this truth. And he said, look, whether it's the teachings of Paul that you've listened to, my teachings or Apollos or whoever, listen, this is the important thing. There is only one foundation of faith that can be laid. There can be no other foundation. And today we're going to look at this subject, the foundation of our salvation. 
And Paul helps these people to understand, as he tells them, that no other foundation can be laid. In other words, he's saying, you may favor what one person says. You may follow what another person says. But listen, there's only one foundation. And that foundation is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. He is the foundation that forms our salvation. I want to help you understand something today as we go into these notes. First of all, I want you to help you understand what it is that a foundation is. The Bible has another phrase for this. It uses from time to time cornerstone, a foundation stone or a cornerstone. Now, if you do a, you know, a Google search and you go into images, what you'll find come up before you are these so-called foundation stones or cornerstones. Basically, they're these stones that are set into walls of buildings. And they will say something like, this stone was laid by Joe Bloggs on such a date to commemorate the, the, the building of this building. Yeah? <laughs> and, and we've come to call those cornerstones. But that isn't what the Bible means by a foundation stone or a, a cornerstone. The, the, in the ancient building process, the foundation or the cornerstone was the primary foundation structure upon which the whole of the rest of the building was built. It was set and it was laid by a master craftsman because everything to do with the rest of the building was determined by this one foundation stone. It is what defined the strength and the alignment of the whole building. This cornerstone, this foundation stone. It was not just a decorative stone. It was not just a commemorative stone. It was the most crucial, critical part of these, of these buildings. If you ever visit England, uh, you, you want to go to the part of the country where I was from. It's a little county called Suffolk. And... There in Suffolk, you, you can find houses that were built like four, five, six hundred years ago. Now, I know that some of you Americans think that the world only began about 300 years ago. <laughs> but we've got news for you. <laughs> and, and there's a little place, there's a little, I think it's a town. Maybe it's just a village still. It was close to where we lived. It was called Lavenham, yeah, Lavenham, beautiful name. And in that place, there, there's a, a, a local bylaw that says that they're not allowed to erect any telegraph poles or electric pylons because all of the houses in that village date back to like the 1400s, 
1400s or so. Um, and it's, it's quite a miracle how they still stand because when you look at the structure of them, they're made basically of tree branches. And they, are, they, they don't stand up straight. They kind of lean like this. And if you go into them and you walk on the floors, they're not level. Some of them, you know, from one side of the room to the other side of the room, they may drop maybe 50 centimeters. You see, they don't have a foundation stone. And it's just a miracle that they're still standing. In the house that I used to live in the UK, it was a brick-built house. And we wanted to do some extension work in the roof to to make some extra rooms. And uh, one of the requirements was that we had to have sufficient foundations. And so I dug down beside the wall and I found we didn't have any foundations. But when it comes to the body of Christ and to our relationship with God, friends, we have a sure foundation. We have a foundation stone. Listen, not to make us look good, but to provide for us an eternal stability, a sureness, and an alignment with what is true that will last forever. Let me take you into the Old Testament, if I can, into the book of Isaiah. It says there that God has prepared or pre-planned the laying of this stone. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am laying in Zion for a foundation, a stone. Who is laying this stone? Moses? Joshua? Who is laying this stone? God is. God is laying this stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. He who believes, trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone will not be ashamed or give away, crumble, or hasten away in sudden panic. You see, this foundation of our salvation, Jesus Christ, is one whom God pre-planned. God has laid this foundation stone. As we go out into our world today, we discover that there are probably millions of different people and things, gods, that people are believing in today. Listen, there is only one God-given foundation for true salvation. Everything else, and I'm not going to start naming gods, but every other god, every other idol, every other thing or person that people bow down and worship and follow and give their life for 
is man-made. It's, it's the product of man's wicked imagination. It's temporal. If you take Christ out of Christianity, guess what you have left? Nothing. Nothing. You have nothing. And, and yet, some of these so-called gods of this world today, they come and go and they change so frequently. Many, many of these so-called gods that people worship are dead. They've come and gone. They no longer exist. And many of them never did exist. And yet people are putting their faith and their trust in these empty, empty, worthless so-called foundations. And as a result, millions upon millions find themselves in a lost eternity. And this is what this church is about. Not about educating people. Not about making people's lives better, more comfortable, more, more uh, uh, pleasant, pleasurable. It's about bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and a dying world. It's about faithfully telling people who are lost in sin and deceived by the evil one that there is only one foundation upon which we can build our lives, not just here on earth, but eternally. And that foundation is one that God has laid. Not some man-made invention. But God has laid this foundation. Did you notice God has tested it? I don't know if you've ever been involved in quality control. (laughs) Some of the products that we buy today, we wonder whether they slip through quality control. And sometimes you have a little sticker that says tested by. And there's a stamp or something on there. I think sometimes those, those people are asleep. Yeah, sticker, put a sticker on there, put a stamp on that. Yeah, we've got to do 30,000 of these today, so be quick. Put another sticker on. They're not very, there's not a lot of quality control today. But when it comes down to God, when he says, I've tested this foundation, my friends, it's tested. It's tested to the limit. Because when Christ was tested in inverted commas, it was to the limit. He became our sin. That he might become our righteousness. He embraced death that he could overcome death. We sung this morning, the grave has been defeated. So that we can experience eternal life. My friends, the foundation that God has provided for our salvation. It's not some flimsy, temporary, bali bali, put it together quick thing. God didn't suddenly have a panic attack one day in heaven and say to to Gabriel, Gabriel, what are we going to do? We've got to get something together to save these people. And and he popped down to his local DIY store and, and came up with a solution. Or he Googled it to try and find an answer. 
That's not the foundation stone that God has laid for us. It is sure. It is tested. It is tried. It is eternal. It will never fade. It will never, it will never become anything less. It is perfectly complete. And it is part of God's master plan for humanity. Second point. This foundation that God provided was not the one that many people were expecting. And they rejected it. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus came to his own people. Those that he had made. Those that God had chosen as his special people. And they didn't receive him. They rejected him. And we can read our Bibles and we can think of those people. How dumb were they? How foolish they were. Here was the Messiah, the promised one, walking amongst them. And we can think we have it tough because Jesus isn't actually here in person. And these people actually had the word become flesh and dwelt among them. My friends, Jesus is just as real today. Just as real. In fact, God's provision through the church, you and I, is that we are the body of Christ. Jesus hasn't changed. He hasn't become more distant, more difficult to find. And we should never think that these people were foolish simply because they rejected him. The Bible says this, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man, this man who, who God had healed, Peter, sorry, John, Peter and John. I got the names right. I knew John was there. Peter and John had discovered this man as they were going to, to the synagogue to church service. And he, he was sick and he needed healing and, and God healed him. And Peter is saying to these people who are questioning what was happening, he says, listen, it's through Jesus. It's by him that this man was healed. That person, that man who you crucified, it was that recent. That person who God raised into newness of life, by him, this man stands before you whole. And he says this, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. My friends, even today, many people, they look at Jesus and they reject him. For the people of Israel at that time, their minds were thinking about a savior who would deliver them from the Roman rule of that time. They wanted someone who would, who would overthrow the Roman Empire. But Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. And Jesus was establishing an eternal kingdom. As he is the eternal foundation. Sure. And you know, when we come to Jesus... Should I say when we come to God and we're seeking for salvation, 
We must accept salvation on God's terms. We are, as a people, as a generation, we are so self-centered. We want things on our terms. We don't like rules. We say rules are made to be broken. We don't like being told what we should do. We like what we call freedom. We don't like to feel hemmed in, restricted. And we want things on our terms. But my friends, when it comes to salvation, you don't get to pick and choose. You don't have multiple choice. You come to God on his terms. The Bible says we come to him with a broken heart, with repentance, in a recognition of, our, of the sinful state of our heart. We don't come to God and do him a favor when we choose to follow after Jesus. We can't reject God's only way of salvation and expect there to be some other form of salvation that will become acceptable to God. It's on his terms. Repent. Believe. Believe doesn't just mean acknowledge in your mind. It means, as we read in, in the previous verse, to believe in, trust in, rely on, depend in, adhere to. In other words, he becomes everything. Salvation is where we abandon our old sinful life. We let Christ take it and nail it to the cross of Calvary. We acknowledge that it has no eternal value. It only provides for us a way in which we would eternally end up separated from God. And we abandon it. We abandon self. And we embrace Christ as our saviour. And we become built upon him. He is that sure, tested, tried, eternal foundation. And my friends, it is at our own peril that we reject this foundation stone that God has made provision for. Let's go on to develop that. There can be no other foundation for salvation Peter goes on to say in Acts 4, verse 12, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other foundation. There is no other means of us being delivered from the power of sin and being made right with God, one except through Christ Jesus. There can be no other foundation. Sometimes when we buy homes, we, we move into them and we remodel them. In England, we, we call it, we convert them. And there's a whole business of, of home modernization or home conversions. 
And, and sometimes we have to get right down to the foundations. I was reading just recently of somebody who bought this beautiful house. I mean, to many people, it would be a dream house and a dream location. And they wanted to do some minor, minor work to it. And they had to, they had to apply for permission. They had to get building consent. And of course, here comes the, the, the building inspector and take some samples and test the foundations. And what started out as a minor modification turned into a tens of thousands of dollars having to reform the foundations because they were insecure. My friends, when we come to God through Jesus Christ, he builds us upon the foundation. Now listen, we don't go around converting that foundation. We don't go around changing it to suit us. Why? Because God has set it. It is set, Christ has been set as our foundation in such a way that when we allow our lives to be built upon it, that life is eternal. When we allow our lives to be built upon that rock, that foundation, Jesus Christ, then the building will be true. It will be aligned, square, upright, sure. It will stand. Many times we try to adjust that foundation. We try to make it fit our desires. We try to reinvent what Jesus is and what salvation through him is. And then the storms come. And our life is destroyed. We fall. Jesus said this on one occasion in Matthew chapter 7. He had been teaching some kingdom principles. He'd said things like, love your enemies. That's a good message, eh? Love your enemies. He had talked to them about forgiving. It just opened up some kingdom principles to them. And, and then he said, if you hear my words and do them, then you are like a person who built his house on solid rock. And that is like the foundation that is given to us by God, Jesus Christ. He is our sure foundation. Now, some may say, well, listen, I trusted in Jesus I built my life on him. But now, look, my my life is still as difficult as it was. I still have challenges. So that foundation is not so sure after all. My friends, we cannot judge the foundation of our life by the physical, natural and material things that we experience. Many people would would look at Jesus hanging on that cross 2,000 years ago and, and deem him as a criminal, as a failure, as a hypocrite. In fact, one of the the other thieves, one of the other criminals who was hanging by him said to him, look, if you are who you say you are, then prove it and get us down. You see, so often we determine the 
security of our lives by the natural things that we amass together. And that's the wrong benchmark. We try to to insist that because I've given my life to Jesus and I'm standing on his on that rock, that foundation, then surely my life is going to be improved. God is going to bless me. He's already done that. The Bible says he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. You see, my friends, let me say it this way. The foundation stone that God provides for us is not to make this life better, more pleasant, more comfortable, more enjoyable. Truth is, it probably gets a bit tougher. Just being honest with you. Jesus says, you know what, guys? In this life, you're going to have some tribulation. Don't go looking for it. Don't go saying, you know, the more persecution I have, the better Christian I am. No, it's not true. But don't value and judge and check out your life by how good it is, how blessed it is. We stand on his foundation. And he, this is our last point, he becomes the source of our life. Some beautiful verses which we're going to read some more of in the next few weeks from First Peter. It says, come to him. Come then to that him, that living stone. Have you ever thought about that? You ever found a stone that's alive? It's a strange phrase, isn't it? Christ is called a living stone. You see, this rock of our salvation is not just some piece of granite. It's not just some set of rules and laws and doctrines that will stand forever as long as we adhere to them and obey them. No, when we put our life in and on that foundation... That rock is life-giving. It is the source of our life. He says, come to him then. That stone which men, they tried and threw away. But that which is chosen and precious in God's sight. Come. And then he calls us living stones. (laughs) Someone called me a rockhead once. (laughs) I took it as a compliment, you know, living rocks. Come then as living stones and be yourselves built into a spiritual house for a holy, dedicated, consecrated priesthood to offer up those spiritual sacrifices which are acceptable, pleasing to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. This rock, Jesus, is not just a source of life. He is our life. You know, you look at a building and you don't always see the foundation stone. But you see the evidence of it. You see how strong that foundation, how sure it is, how true it is, how aligned it is by how the rest of the building stands. And in just the same way, our lives 
are a complete reflection of our foundation stone. We don't just stand and build our lives on a creed or, a, or doctrines. That's called religion. Our lives are built on the living stone, the living foundation, Jesus Christ, the very living word of God. And listen, my friends, as we purposefully and deliberately yield our lives every moment of every day to that foundation, then it forms itself in and through us. And people may not be able to see literally the man Jesus Christ of Nazareth walking around through Suwon or Seoul or wherever we live. But listen, when our lives are built on him, they will see an exact replica. In fact, I would say this, they actually see him as his life is demonstrated through us. One foundation. Let's pray. Father God, as always, we are so thankful for your word. Your word which is living and powerful. Your, li- your word which has the ability to come into our hearts and to show us where there is error in what we believe, in what we have been building on. And Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will, will keep bringing this word back into our hearts and that we may have a a Holy Spirit-inspired understanding and revelation of Jesus Christ, our sure and tested and tried foundation. Let's just stay in this place of prayer with our eyes shut because I want to take a moment to share with anyone here this morning or whoever's listening to this recording And you don't know Jesus as the foundation of your life. You know that's not just for a select few. It's not just for those that that God selects. I believe that if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, your foundation, that God is calling you to him right now. And this is a decision you make in your heart to humble yourself before God. It will affect every part of your life, the rest of your life here on earth and eternity. So don't make this decision lightly. If you want to give your whole life to God, if you want to place the whole of you, all that you know and all that you don't know yet, and entrust it into God's care through Jesus Christ, then pray something like this. God Thank you for giving Jesus for me. Thank you for laying that eternal foundation for my salvation. God, I'm actually thankful that you didn't give us lots to choose from. But just one foundation stone. And up until today, God, I've built my life on my own foundation. But right now, I allow you to take all of me, all of my old nature. I see it as crucified with Christ. And I receive Jesus as my foundation. Not to improve my life, not to make me better. But because, God, I need Jesus 
as my Savior, as my Lord. And I receive eternal life. I receive the gift of your Holy Spirit. And I give the whole of my life to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.